today, a tribute to the life of Janie Lane of Warrant, February 1st, 1964 to August 11th, 2011. We love you, Janie Lane, and we'll never forget you. Jamie Lane of Warrant on an, art, on an artwork of human serving at radio show here today. And I, and I am at that. Where were you, Jamie, when you first heard Smells Like Teen Spirit? 
on a car driving down uh, Melrose uh, Boulevard. Uh, you've, you've obviously done your homework. Yeah, what happened? Were you kind of green day with envy there, Jimmy Lane of Warrant? <laughs> oh, another one that's going to get into the alternative talk here. Well, no, not really. Uh, uh, no, it's... Um, I think just like what I've said, you know, music takes uh, it takes uh, changes over over the years, and uh, you know that when I first heard that, it was uh, uh, just something where you could, like, like you just say, you can smell, uh, you know, the change in the air there. But I think it's rubbed off fabulously on uh, ultraphobic. I think um, it's really a, a strong reaction. It's not just a reaction, but a statement because, um, like, undertow and all the cuts on there. We've just been playing them to death. Here we have them. Right. Oh, great. This is my co-host Mark here. He's in a band too called the Sister Lovers. They have a big, big star influence. Yeah, but we're, we we love this stuff, and um, I, I was just gonna say, yeah, it, it rocks hard. Rocks wow, true. thank you very much. That's what I was curious about, Jeannie. Why would you guys get dropped? And it was by letter. Didn't you guys get dropped by letter? Well, you know, get to the controversial subjects there, but actually, because uh, you had sold like to me, like you guys had sold only five hundred thousand copies of your latest of that the record. That's a lot of records. Yeah. Well, actually, what had really happened was, um, you know, we'd gotten advances going for the next album, and I was just going through some personal things, and I and I, I actually left the band. And uh, when that happened, I think uh, the label, uh, it's, it's, I've got people laughing at, at, from the band here or whatever, but it just, uh, I left the band for some uh, some time, and I think when that happened, it was uh, uh, just at the label, you know, at the label, the fact that the singer was leaving, they uh, they also lost their interest in, uh, in, in the band. But, I mean, CMC's picked up the ball, and, uh, you know, they, they, they're totally behind us and uh um whether it was by letter by you know by lawyer by whatever we're no longer with with uh columbia but uh, like i said cmc's come in there and i know they're totally behind us so looking back at like what happened with warrant did you have any problems with before just before you left the band because slash recently said in rolling stone everyone has good rock stories except warren uh well i think that's just everyone likes to be controversial why did they call the dog eat dog tour the flaw of the year. Why did they do that? Oh, why? <laughs> uh, you really are. Uh, well, um, I don't know. You know, uh, maybe because maybe because it was the time that we went out was a, obviously there was a big change in the market. Um, you saw it with a lot of bands. Only we were coming off a brand new release, and when we were starting the Dog Eat Dog tour, uh, touring was in a big decline. And we were, uh, you know, we were some of the big boys there, like like a Motley Crue, like a um, like a White Snake, like any of those bands. But if you notice, they weren't going out with new albums right then. We were. You know, it's now Motley Crue isn't. Uh, you know, they aren't. You know, playing the larger venues. Hopefully, they'll go back to that. You know, that's what I want to see. But how's, how's the humor, tongue-in-cheek, you know, sex been thrown out the window, as you alluded to in the Cherry Pie uh, video? Um, like, are you still the horniest band in rock and roll? Oh, stuff. Beers and... Uh, I don't know if I can say that every night. No, go ahead. Uh, you can say that. What were you going to say? every night. It's, you know, it's a rock and roll. It's a party. Ow! So you still got those t-shirts, Muff Divers, Union Local 101? <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we've kind of calmed down a little bit. Janie Lane, how is Becca Bramlett, your girlfriend before Bobby Brown? What, oh, the, the 20 questions and all the girlfriends. Well, no, it's, just, you know, it's, it's all there in Metal Edge. You know, this, this was curious. It was an interesting picture of you and Becca together. I was wondering what she's up to these days. I'm not really sure. 
not really sure. Do you think also it's kind of strange that your drummer is now marrying your ex-wife's former boyfriend's sister? <laughs> Jamie of Warren, this, this has had fuel to your ongoing battle with no, your emotions. No, not like at all. your drummer. It's explain to listeners. It's kind of a strange story, isn't it? Well, I, it's it's just that it, it happens to be uh, someone's sister, and that's that's about it, really. Would you guys ever go punk? That's I guess what I'm asking. No, you know, actually, we were thinking about going glam, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> like you'd never go punk, you know? Like you know, just you know, punk it up just a no, tiny bit. No, no. Why change? Why you know? Why why try to fix something that's that's already been fixed? Are you prouder, you think, acting alongside Jim Carrey than your contribution of We Will Rock You to the Gladiator soundtrack, which you alluded to earlier? Jeannie? Say, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Oh, no, I was just wondering about acting. You acted with Jim yeah. Carrey, and you also completed the Gladiator soundtrack. What do you like better, doing the soundtrack for Gladiator or I, the Jim yeah, Carrey? Much my, music, my music comes first. That was, that was my 15 minutes of fame.
Walt Warren for now. Why do you think people should care? Because it's still a killer show live. And backstage, you guys still are into the... You know, you have to come down and see. I'm not going to give away <laughs> any of the trade secrets. All right, Janie. Thanks so much. Really appreciate the time. And doot-doodaloot-doo. Doot-doodaloot-doo. Dun-dun. Rock Kentucky for us, eh, Janie? <laughs> we will. Thank you.
you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right there? Hello, are you there, caller? Hey, Nardwar. It's Mark Kleiner here. Who are you? Well, I'm uh, an old old friend of yours, and, uh, yeah, I, I've, uh, well, I was on that uh, Jane Lane interview with you, 95. That we just played on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, and your name is again? Mark Kleiner. Mark declines Kleiner on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show here today to help celebrate the life of Janie Lane, Mark. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, what a, what, what a great career, and, uh, what a, what a sad, what sad news, you know, that uh, Janie's gone. So Janie Lane from the band Warrant, and we just heard some Warrant there. Down Boys, that was a personal pick by you, Mark. Down Boys. It was okay. I, I like the later grunge stuff, but that's that's a fine choice. That's the first album, Dirty Rotten, Filthy Stinking Rich, and uh, hell of a song. Oh, but we 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 hooked up with them a little later. Like they just released their. Um, 95, right? So that was the, the album with Undertow on it and stuff. So they, they had three albums. The three, two relatively huge albums and then a third one that was not so big. And then they made a couple more records. And that's, that's about the time when, when we interviewed Janie Lane, right? So Yes, that particular interview you just heard, listeners of the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, was from October 6th, 1995, and it was me, Nardwarta Human Serviette, and Mark Declines Kleiner. And Mark, that's how you got me into Warrant, wasn't it? That Warrant were underdogs. You said, I got to interview this band, Warrant, they're underdogs. And I was like, they sold millions of records? How are the underdogs? How were Warrant the underdogs? How did you get me into Warrant, and how did you get into Warrant, Mark? declines Kleiner. Warren is a really interesting example because it, what it was was it was the changing of the guards. It was the fall of, of 1991 when grunge came in and that was basically when these guys got their pink slips you know from the public and um, that's when Warren was, was neat because they had a new album coming out in I believe early 1992. This was the Doggy Dog album. So once, once grunge hit the, a lot of these bands um, still had albums left on their contracts um, they, like, in Warren's case, they just released Cherry Pie a couple of years before. Had sold at least a couple million records. It was their biggest album, and so they very much were were ready to go. And they got a new producer, Michael Wagner, to get a little heavier sound. He was a guy who produced uh, Skid Row, and it was in fact a question about Michael Wagner pr- um, producing Warren that got a uh, got you thrown out of the Sebastian Bach interview that you were doing. So Warren, the name Warren, had power to get kind of a cataclysmic reaction, you know, when it was thrown around, as happened that time. But Dog Eat Dog came out, and it basically squeaked gold. It sold half a million in the States, which is fairly respectable. But for a, a band of Warren's stature, it was a real, real letdown. And um, they went from playing, you know, not stadiums, but arenas, to doing larger clubs. Um, Janie Lane, I believe, walked out of some of that tour. I think he had vo- vocal trouble. And then shortly after that tour um, really stiffed, he quit the band, and then their Columbia deal basically disintegrated, and he vowed to have a solo career that never really happened. So by 1995, he was back in Warrant, um, paying the bills by doing you know moderate-sized clubs. 
1995 was an interesting year, too, because 1995 basically was the year of Rancid. And again, I go back to the underdog aspect of this all. If you had Rancid, a punk band that was popular, and Warrant, a hair metal band that was not popular. So in some ways, Warrant were the underdogs, right, Mark? Absolutely. I mean, in a way, they were the, 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 true, the true punks. So that was kind of one of the, the, the delicious ironies of, the, of that time. So, And it was, um, you know... And, and you love the fact of Metal Edge magazine, how Metal Edge magazine in the mid-90s became like flip side fanzine in like the mid-70s or mid-80s because Metal Edge fanzine was covering all these bands that weren't popular, right? Exactly. And, you know, as these bands were kind of flipping from popularity, I mean, that was what was interesting about the early to mid-90s, is you could kind of watch this descent. So Metal Edge still had a readership, still had enough readers to, to have a glossy mag that was still largely devoted to hair metal, even the fir- into the first, and then by the mid-90s, they started to have other bands like Cry of Love and, you know, these sort of quasi-heavy bands. They never got a lot of grunge acts onto those pages, but they, you know, they tried to bring that in just to be able to keep keep their readership up. But yeah, they were very much. I, I don't think this flip side comparison is 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 an inaccurate one. So, but it was really neat because um, I don't know if any of the listeners out there remember. There used to be to go back to the Doggy Dog album. Something I wanted to mention. There used to be a pool hall on Commercial and Broadway. It was on like the east side of Commercial Drive, just a little bit north of the what would that be? The northeast corner. And they used to have a 45, like a vinyl 45 in their jukebox of Machine Gun, the first single on Dog Eat Dog. So that was a neat little uh, trivia thing. If anyone remembers that, that pool hall, Commercial Drive and Broadway Avenue, Vancouver, you could go in there and play Machine Gun on the jukebox. So that was pretty cool. A real oddity and a real rarity of Warrant. And today, we're here to celebrate the life of Janie Lane of Warrant. February 1st, 1964 to August 11th, 2011. And also joining me on an Ardwarda Human Serviette radio show, we have another caller. Caller, could you identify yourself to Mark Decline's Kleiner? Hey, Mark. Here's a little sample of uh, something you might remember. Up all night, sleep all day. <laughs> awesome. Is that Jill? It is. Metal Queen, hey. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm awesome. I remember that like it was yesterday. I know, um, me too. I've got the clip on YouTube and it's just awesome. Uh, Jill, could you please explain, how do you know Mark Kleiner? How did you get into Warrant? And what was that singing all about? Yeah, well... I met Mark through you, and we did all these wonderful metal interviews together, uh, celebrating all the hair bands of yesteryear, as that is what it became in the mid-90s. And, uh, yeah, he, um, we did this little tribute band together, uh, that putting together the hair metal stuff, and I, I did a guest spot singing with them because I was a former metal singer. And what particular song was that, in case people are wondering? That was Slaughter, Up All Night. You were a true metal fan, Jill. A true, and I still am. And you still, how dare I? Yeah, you know, I was loving what he was saying about Dog Eat Dog because I bought that CD when it came out in 1992 when I first moved to BC and absolutely loved it. People were like, what is that? It was great. Jill, Janie Lane, February 1st, 1964 to August 11th, 2011. 
Any reflections on it? You loved Warren. You actually encountered them. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I got into Warren a little bit late in the game. I didn't know too much about the first album. Got into them in, during Cherry Pie era. And then picked up, obviously, the first album. Um, we, of my backstage experiences, they actually were one of the lamest because we had scored passes to go backstage, waited for hours to get back there, waited with all sorts of other groupie chicks and whatever, and then somebody comes out and says, oh, no, they left. They decided to go party. They went down to Detroit early. This was in Toronto, and they just took off, and they left all the fans sitting there. I was very upset. And it was something about T-shirts, wasn't uh, there? Yes. Yeah, I had um, one of my former groupie friends. She, uh, she was dating Jerry Dixon, and they were on tour. She was uh, going, doing all the club circuit with them, and she was... Jerry going... Dixon is another member of Warrant, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the bass player with the crazy eyebrows. I'm on Nard, the Nardwar show right now. And uh, uh, so, anyway, she um, was selling the T-shirts, the merchandise and stuff, and one night, apparently, the money um, went missing, and he blamed her and smacked her around. And so, <laughs> ever since then, I look at his picture, and I'm like, oh, what a nasty guy. I'll let you know. Jill, what has the reaction been to Janie Lane's death that you have seen on the internet? You've read a few pieces, haven't you? Yeah, I've read some pieces. Uh, the best one I've read is by Chuck Klosterman. Uh, yeah, he's done some fantastic metal writing, uh, and his piece was great. It was a really, really good tribute, well written, you know, well eulogized. And also, Sebastian Bach actually weighed in with his with his uh, viewpoints on it, and. It was good. I liked what Sebastian had to say, but um, I definitely like Chuck Klosterman's more. And you're live here on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, Jill the Metal Queen Grattan, with me, Nardwarta Human Serviette, and in the background, Mark Declines Kleiner. Mark, are you still there? How's it going? I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. Sorry, and, just... and we hear some metal fans in the background. <laughs> Definitely metal fans. <laughs> and my kids, I just they were just dropped off, so we're... Uh, it's raining, Dad. It is raining. We're going to have to go inside, girls. And how many kids do you have, Mark, and how many kids do you have, Metal Mom? <laughs> I have three, and they're all... Right now, they're in another room listening to Cherry Pie, actually, so my wow. are in the vibe. Mark, what do you remember about our interview from April 11th, 1997? Because that's what I'm going to do, Metal Queen. I'm going to play the interview we did from April 11th, 1997 Fabulous. with Warrant. Yes, I interviewed Warrant twice because of Mark. Twice. The first interview you heard was from October 6th, 1995. We're going to play the interview from April 11th, 1997, which you were going to sit in on, but you missed, didn't you? Did I, I miss it? I missed it, yeah. The Metal Queen missed it. Yeah, I was, oh, so, queen, I was yeah. so upset. I was sick that day, and I was really, really devastated about that. And I was honored that it made one of your Metal Queen diary entries, that you <laughs> didn't make the interview. That's how important metal is to you, and that's why we've gathered here today to help celebrate the life of Janie Lane, February 1st, 1964, oh to August 11th, 2011. Oh, Mark, what do you remember about the interview from April 11th, 1997, that we did, we're going to play right after this with Janie Lane. He talks about the Seattle thing. That's quite important, isn't it? Like, Warren kept touring. Poison were afraid to tour, Mark? Poison? Um, well, yeah, exactly. Poison wouldn't tour from after their Native Tongue album. So that was their, their first post-grunge album that also went, uh, went barely gold. But they, uh, after that album, they had a couple of, well, another replacement guitar player for C.C. DeVille. And then they uh, stayed off the road. They stayed home, wouldn't go out there, but Warren did. So, But what I really remember about this interview was Pete Bastard calling in and uh, 
getting us on the hook is Cherry Pie to come on stage with these guys, which is one of, I gotta say, one of the worst on stage experiences of my life because um, the backstory is, is, as Jill had mentioned, we had this tribute band with Pete Bastard and Danny Fazio, and, and Jill was in it too, called Cherry Pie. So Pete called in and uh, told this to Janie Lane that, uh, that he was part of this uh, Warrant tribute band, which wasn't entirely true. We only did about two, I think we did two or three Warrant songs. So anyways, he told this to Janie Lane and uh, basically asked to get in free to the show, and Janie was like, of course, but on one condition. What was that? Well, that you guys come out and uh, do a song with us. So that was all well and good, but uh, I was the singer in the band, and I didn't like know every Warrant song to to sing, so we never asked what song they were going to have us up for, and before the show, we were, we were racking our brains trying to figure out what are they going to have us come up and do, and it never occurred to us that they would ask us, Cherry Pie, to come up and sing Cherry Pie with them. Would now, you, I, I know the chorus to Cherry Pie, but I, I, I still don't know the, the verses from memory. You know, I know a couple of words here and there, so um, basically we were brought up on stage in this packed bar in Surrey, Studebakers, I believe. It was in was Burnaby, that? British Columbia, Canada. And I think I remember it not exactly being packed because wasn't that the gig that Jeannie Lane said, I can't believe 15 people are making this much noise. That was enough's enough. Oh, okay. But, uh, but, 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 but did I say packed? I, I, I meant to say um, half full. So, so half full club, you know. There are a few hundred people, mostly guys, um, but a pretty hostile-looking crowd, and I had just gotten my hair cut in California like the week before, so I didn't look anything like I should be in a Warrant tribute band. And I went up on stage with Danny Fazio and uh, Pete Bastard and perhaps Zaff, our bass player, I don't remember, but Jeannie uh, asked who's the singer. They, the three of them took one step back, and I was left standing there. He said, we're doing Cherry Pie, you're doing the second break, and the band kicked in, and we were off. And uh, it, was, it was horrible, because I didn't know the words the second verse and the, the club i mean people were looking at me like what the hell are you doing up on stage you know in a tribute act when you don't know the words to you know your title song so that's what i really remember most about that interview but that was There's really nice that was really nice of him to ask you guys down like when i was re-listening to this interview it just struck me of what a nice guy Janie lane was like he says you guys can come down to the show on one condition you come up and get to sit in on the encore like he's asking you down it's just so nice and also in the interview he tells us that he masturbates just out of the blue <laughs> yes jill in your experience meeting heavy metal rockers Jill backstage. Did they ever tell you that they masturbate? No, no. I wasn't on that sort of playing field with them. I wasn't going back to do groupie issues like a lot of the chicks I knew. I was going back to meet the band and talk shop. I wasn't, oh God, I never got wind of any of that. But he told us, our bros, that he masturbates in this interview, Mark and Jill. Isn't that incredible? Maybe, maybe he had more interest in Mark than... Uh anyone realized. Well, it's an amazing tidbit that he says that. Yeah. And he's just such a nice guy. Were you also a mirror at that gig, Mark? What gig were you a mirror at? Oh, that would probably be Enough's Enough. I mean, Enough's Enough was the band to me that was like, just just the ultimate, because they were like pop metal and they wrote, well, so was Warrant, but uh, Enough's Enough really combined really the best elements of hair metal with Cheap Trick and the Beatles and so. They came to the same club, Studebakers, uh, the same year, actually, 1997. That would have been November. And my band, um, at the time, Jungle, got to open for them. And I, I pretty much stood in front of Donnie V the whole show and just mirrored back the, 
you know, all the songs. It was it was awesome. But that that's where there were fifteen people. It was and now Chips Enough is touring in Adler's Appetite, who are on tour and playing in Vancouver coming up. Adler's Appetite. Wow. Chip- Where are they playing in Vancouver? Chips Enough. I'm th- not exactly sure, but they are playing somewhere in Vancouver, like next week. Adler's Appetite. That's going to be a good show, though. Jill, what can you tell me about Bobby Brown? Who was Bobby Brown? Bobby Brown, um, she was in the Cherry Pie video. She was the Cherry Pie girl. And uh, she famously married Janie Lane, and they have a daughter together. And, uh, yeah, their relationship ended, but she also, uh, she did, a, she married, mar- I don't know she married, she went out with a lot of different rock stars. Tommy Lee was one other one that she went out with. Um, different, different people in the whole music industry, sort of, sort of serial, uh, serial musician dating. <laughs> yeah, and she also dated Arsenio Hall, too. Oh, yeah, I think I heard that, yeah. That's what I was wondering, Mark. Is it true that Janie Lane endured the hardship of having his girlfriend leave him or wife leave him for Arsenio Hall? Well, I'm not sure what the, the timeline is on that, but it was something like that. It did, it did not end well, the relationship. So, I mean, Janie went through, on a lot of levels, I mean, he went from the heights to the depths, that's for sure. You know, and I, I, I don't think that's any sort of secret, so... Um, you know, it was it was a rough go, and I, I remember in Metal Sludge that uh, website they were documenting. I mean, one of the the, the facts of, for these guys. I mean, once the the album stopped selling, I mean, they didn't really have a big nest egg, right? The the, the drummer from Warren, Stephen Sweet, was working in a. I think we asked him about that. He was working packing video boxes. Um, Eric Turner tried to open up a uh, coffee shop in a strip mall that didn't do very well around the time of the Belly to Belly tour. That's the interview coming up. And Janie, apparently, sometime during the zeros or whatever you call the 2000s, was uh, was a cook again. He, he was quite a quite an accomplished uh, line cook or something. So he was working at his buddy's restaurant. And I remember Metal Sludge had people in the alley taking his picture as he came off the set. That's just the the realities of rock and roll. Is that I mean, there's not even for a band like Warrant and Janie Lane, the principal songwriter, um, there there would be lean periods when the record stopped selling. I think apparently Heaven's being used in a bunch of TV commercials now. I hear so. I haven't heard it in a TV commercial, but that was... Have you? Yeah. Okay. I, I just heard that, but I, I, the, one of the things that crossed my mind, obviously, the, the sadness of, uh, you know, and, and for his, his, his... I know he's got the one daughter, I believe, or maybe two kids, I'm not sure. Two but, kids, yeah. He's got some other uh, child with somebody else, yeah. And doesn't he have a sister, too, that's in rock and roll, Jill? I haven't heard that he had a sister in rock and roll, no. Or was that Tommy Lee's that's sister? Tommy Lee's sister, who's a drummer, yeah. What bad... I, I was wondering, like, how does... How do these guys afford to live in a motel? I mean, yeah, it, yeah. But I, I actually had read that he had been kicked out of the motel just prior to his death. Okay. But I just—that's something I read. I don't know how true that is. Okay. It's so so sad that so Janie sad. Lane has passed away, February first, nineteen sixty-four, to August eleventh, two thousand eleven. And today on the Nardwari Human Serviette Radio Show, we're celebrating the life of Janie Lane. He brought me so much joy. The first interview that we heard, and coming up another interview with Janie Lane, and going to the gigs and meeting him, etc. He really went out and did it. He wasn't afraid. He toured when Poison were afraid to tour during the grunge era. And remember, Mark, this was the time when like Sebastian. Bach was teaming up with Kelly Deal in a band. Do you remember that? Or the Breeders. Yes. Do you remember that? I I do. Yeah. Like that was what was the name of that band again? I I, I don't know if the album actually ever came out, but it was around the time that we, he actually came to Studebakers. I mean, probably the same year, '97, maybe early '97. And uh, I think the album was in the can, and he did a couple songs from it at that point. So 
you know, who would have thunk it? But yeah, that was one of the things that was happening, you know, these, these sort of, and I think by 97, I mean, that's when things start to shift enough that there, there was the possibility for some co-mingling between people from the grunge scene and people from the, uh, the hair metal scene. Um, it certainly has, I, I mean, if you look on the cover, I was in the, buying groceries last night at the, super, the, the stand, checkout stand, and there's uh, Jennifer Aniston's new boyfriend in a rat shirt on the cover of Us magazine. Have you seen that? No! I haven't seen that either. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's, it's fully ensconced in the, uh, you know, it's become part of Americana. I think that, that's safe to say at this point. So. Janie Lane also encountered some other strange things, as you'll hear in this upcoming interview. Again, today we're paying tribute to Janie Lane of Warrant, it's me, Nardward Human Serviette, Jill the Metal Queen Grattan, and Mark the Kleins Kleiner. In this interview, you're going to hear that we did with Janie Lane from April 11th, 1997. You're going to hear... Good old Janie Lane talking about the good old Bay City Rollers. Do you remember that, Mark? You know, I don't. Would you, can you refresh me on what he says? Something about the Bay City Rollers trying to sue Janie Lane for stealing one of their songs. Wow. So he had all sorts of strange things, like his girlfriend leaving him for Arsenio, fighting with the Bay City Rollers, like the Bay City Rollers, like putting a lawsuit on him. And then there was also an altercation with Poison on the Poison Tour. What was that, Mark? Oh, that's vaguely, it's coming back to me. Well, Warren, Warren was opening up for the Poison Tour. And uh, you're going to have to refresh me on that. That's, that's kind of, I, I knew they were kind of at loggerheads, but I don't remember the exact terms of it. I don't remember exactly either, but something about them getting kicked off the tour. Oh, I think what it was, was um, Janie was um, stand, using too much of the stage. They like didn't want more than they could have. I saw them on that tour. Yeah, what, oh, happen- what happened, Jill? Um, I just I, I had read that they were asking for bigger and more because they felt that they were rising higher and higher and almost eclipsing Poison at that point, and so they wanted bigger status, more stuff. And of course, Poison was like, "No, this is our tour," and they came to blows, and that was that. Yeah, that sounds right. You followed Mark's career, haven't you, Jill? I'm sorry. You followed Mark's career on the radio, haven't you, Jill? Mark. Mark DeKlein Kleiner. Yeah, yeah, I followed somewhat, yeah, a little bit, from as much as I can. Because we met through the love of heavy metal, Jill, but me and Mark first met over love of the monkeys. Isn't that true, Mark? That's very, that's correct. 1991. Um, that's kind of how this, this journey started. And the metal came in in 1994 with Slick Toxic. And then uh, meeting Jill and the, the ride continues to this day. But it actually predates metal to hair metal to the monkeys. Because so. you were saying to me, you got to talk to Warren. you got to interview Warren because they're like the monkeys. It's fun. It's like the monkeys, right? Uh, I can't remember saying that, but I think, yeah, hair, hair metal from the monkeys is kind of a lateral move. I think they're definitely, um, there, there's some, some genetic uh, overlap there for sure. And Mark, you studied very much Warrant and Janie Lane, so much so that you actually went to where Warrant was created in Los Angeles, the Rainbow? That's correct, yeah. I went to the, the Rainbow Room. It's, uh, well, it's a famous Los Angeles bar, restaurant. This is also the site of the Hollywood Vampires, where Alice Cooper, John Lennon, Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees, Harry Nelson, um, whoever was in town, basically Ringo Starr, would all... Um, drink until someone fell over, and whoever passed out first, I don't know what the deal was, would pay the bill or something, I don't know. And there was a famous photo of all those people together with Anne Murray as well that I've seen. 
Yes, at the Troubadour nightclub in uh, November 1973. It's the most amazing photo ever, isn't it? Who's in it? Like Mickey Dolenz, Nielsen, John... Yeah, John Lenz on the far left, um, Harry Nelson, uh, Alice Cooper, Mickey Dolenz, and Anne Murray kind of in between Anne them all. Anne Murray, closet metal queen. <laughs> exactly. When you went to the Rainbow, though, you did some research, didn't you, Mark Kleins Kleiner, about Janie Lane, about his favorite drink? And we're going to hear that in the interview coming up. Remember, you were talking to the waitress who was dating the drummer in Lizzie Borden? I remember that. I don't remember Janie's favorite drink, but uh, I look forward to, uh, to getting a refresher here. It wasn't a Long Island iced tea. That's what you thought it was, a Long Island iced tea. And you had to order the drink that Janie Lane had. I, I ordered one? Yeah, you did. Wow. And you said it was totally strong. And you're going to hear that in the interview coming up with Janie Lane today on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, celebrating the life of Janie Lane of Warrant, February 1st, 1964 to August 11th, 2011. Jill, the Metal Queen Grattan. You phoned into the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show a couple months ago. Tell me, introduce the interview that we did with Steve Harris of Iron Maiden. Afterwards, as a Christmas present, you mailed me the famous Dick Licker Backstage Pass. Incredible. Could you update the people on that? What do I now possess? You now possess a famous boiler pass from one of the early Def Leppard tours uh, called the, the pass that they would hand out to groupies called Dick Liquor. It would say Dick Liquor on it instead of Def Leppard, written in the same type of font. And you can now use that to go backstage at Def Leppard and say, excuse me, I have one of these, so I want VIP access. So <laughs> I don't know what they'll say, but you've got one of the prized possessions. And I tracked that down, and I thought you'd be the best person to wear that. And that would be the way that Def Leppard would find out who was there for fun and who really was there for exactly. fun, right? They, they had it down. They knew what they were doing. In this upcoming interview with Janie Lane, we talk about the poison groupie filing system. Did you hear anything about that? A groupie filing system, Mark or Jill, that Poison had on computer? Not at all, <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me. Mark, do you remember that at all? I don't, I don't recall, no. That's mentioned in the interview. Also in the interview, me and you, Mark, are so enthralled by Janie Lane. Like, you have built me up. And this is quite amazing to interview Warrant for a second time. I'm going to their gigs. You're jumping up on stage with them. We are just championing these guys, Warrant, so much. That's why it's so hard to take that Janie Lane has passed away. We didn't want to lose the illusion. We've lost Janie Lane. We will always remember Janie Lane, but we don't want to lose the illusion of Janie Lane during the interview because during the interview, he tries to tell us his real name, Mark. Oh, does he? And we go, no, 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 we don't. But he actually does reveal his real name, and it has Oswald and Kennedy as his name. Isn't that strange? Oswald and Kennedy is his name. Wow. His real name, but we don't want to actually have that totally revealed. Now, I mentioned about the Dick Clicker Pass, and enough's enough. They had some crazy stuff going on, Mark Kleins Kleiner. Just a little tangent here, enough's enough. Crazy glue. What's the crazy glue enough's enough story? You'll have to refresh me on that one, Nardwar. Something about Donnie Vi and Madonna and crazy glue. Oh, I think that was Chibs Enough, but I think that's in Howard Stern's book. And what happened there? You got I'm. I got the the names, but I don't remember the exact incident. But uh, and you also got the kids in your lap, so you don't want us to tell the full story, right? <laughs> and actually, it's a family show. But right? let's just say the kids got in your lap, 
And the kids don't just fall in your lap. They end up in your lap through a process which takes maybe nine months or so. So that maybe had something to do with Crazy Glue Madonna and Enough's Enough. Yeah, go and check Howard Stern's book. Can't believe we're endorsing Howard Stern's book. Jill, what was the relationship between Warrant and Howard Stern? I really, I'm not sure. I never actually heard Warrant on Howard Stern. Perhaps he made fun of them. I'm not really sure. And you, Mark Kleiner, Enough's Enough and Howard Stern. Well, Howie Stern was a was a very big Enough's Enough fan. He was kind of a champion of the group. And he did liner notes for their album, 1985, that came out in the um, same period we're talking about here, like 1994. So at a down period in their in the Enough's Enough cycle. But he kept championing them. Uh, he stopped when his movie Private Parts came out. Uh, Enough's Enough was supposed to be on the soundtrack of that. And they got axed at the last minute. Um, apparently because there was, I mean, there was very little as unhip as Enough's Enough in whatever year that came out, late 90s. So, um, but for years there in the early 90s, early to mid 90s, he was a, a, a real big fan of theirs and, and would champion them much more than pretty much anyone else in the media. So, And the last time that we're all on the air, this Nardwarty Human Serviette here today, doing a tribute to Janie Lane, February 1st, 1964, August 11th, 2011. Janie Lane of Warrant. The last time that me, Nardwarty Human Serviette, Jill the Meadow Queen Kraten, and Mark DeKlein's Kleiner were all together was when we interviewed some of these metal bands. Right, Jill? Do you remember that? Oh, do I ever. It was a great time, awesome time. Now, were you there for Danger Danger? Um, Remember we interviewed... I know I know. I helped transcribe that interview for the uh, magazine, but I, I, was I there for that interview? I can't remember. We did a lot. <laughs> well, you did a lot by transcribing. We yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah, I love that. Love we that. loved, Mark loved, and still loves, the double-named bands like Danger, Danger, and Enough's Enough. Before you got live on an Ardware to Human Serviette radio show, what did you think about those bands, Jill? Um, they were sort of the back burner bands. Like I liked more the the high end metal bands, like like Warrant, like Def Leppard, like Poison. What was the pecking order? Kind of like the Danger Danger, the Kick Tracy, the Enough's Enough. I, I, they didn't have um, anything that really pulled me in much. What was the <laughs> Tora Tora? What, Tora, what was that? Tora Tora. Oh, Tora Tora. Yeah, no thanks. Or, or Shark Island. I, I had a lot of friends who would go off and groupie with those people, and they would tell me stories and stuff. And but you know, mostly like they never really amounted to the same sort of level of fame. They were all like coattail riders. Well, in the actual hierarchy of it all, where did Warrant fit, Metal Queen? Where did Warrant fit? You have like Enough's Enough and Danger Danger. Where did they fit? And can you give the listing, the Christmas tree? Yeah, well, I would say like where Poison is at the top. With well, no, Bon Jovi is going to be at the top. Def Leppard, those are your top. And then you've got Poison here next. And Warrant would be in with Poison. Poison sort of went a little higher than Warrant, but Warrant, when they hit with Cherry Pie, they really peaked. That, that was massive. It was huge. It was like the song. And that really, you know, shot them up into that area. Janie Lane passed away at the Comfort Inn Hotel on Ventura Boulevard. It is terribly, terribly sad. But what was also sad to learn was that he wasn't actually the singer of Warrant when he passed away. George Lynch of Lynch Mob and Dawkin was the new singer. Did you guys know about this? I, I didn't know until I just had read that recently. Yeah, I was really surprised to learn that. What do you remember? It, go, go ahead, Mark. Sorry, I thought it was Robert Mason. Oh, from Lynch Mob. Or was it? Yeah, I don't think it's George Lynch because George Lynch is a guitarist. So yeah. there's a guy named Robert Mason who was actually in that band I mentioned earlier called Cry of Love that was 
a band that was on Sea Fox briefly in the mid '90s. They kind of had one hit. I don't remember what it was, but he's uh, kind of a, a for hire singer, and he's been singing with. Well, Janie Lane was briefly back with the the full original lineup of Warrant a few summers ago, and his drinking apparently just got in the way, and uh, he was he was fired from the kind of his own band. So. He just seemed to be such a nice guy in this interview, just winding up here on an Ardwarty Human Serviette radio show. Going to play an interview here with Janie Lane coming up. In this interview that we're going to play, he just seems so nice. He was nice in the first interview, but the second interview, again, people phoning him, him inviting people to the gigs, him revealing all the stuff we'd never heard before. This seemed like a great guy to take the time to speak to us, Mark. What do you remember about that? That really was amazing, wasn't it? Well, I remember the interview, and I also remember him at the show, where there was it was entirely consistent with uh, the experience we had interviewing him. You know, like it wasn't like we got to the show and he just kind of brushed us off. He he really took time, and uh, he signed. Actually, there's a photo I think of all of us with Janie Lane on the back of one of your videos, and that was how Fred Munchinger, Freddie Fortune, who's a garage musician in Michigan, who I knew from the Monkees conventions, got a Narwhal the Human Serviette video with a picture of us with Janie Lane. Um, backstage at Studebaker's in 1997, and that's how we reconnected, because he was like, holy smokes, I know that guy, um, when he saw my picture, and we hadn't spoken for almost 10 years, so, so yeah, I mean, but, but to answer your question more directly, like, Janie was a consummate entertainer, he really knew um, where, you know, the people who, who had made him successful, and he, he was appreciative of that, and... Uh, he made I think he made us feel special that night, and that was that was wonderful. So really, really warm memories of the guy, and and re- you know really sad to to you know that he died, and he, and he died how he did so young. So. And we're going to play a bit of Bitter Pill. You love that song, don't you? Some background on that one, please, Mark Kleins-Kleiner. This is a song that they did in 1992, right in the grunge era from the Dog Eat Dog, as you mentioned, right? Yes, yes. Bitter Pill is a very. I was actually hoping to talk about that because it's a. They 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 um, basically bankrolled a massive video for it. It was the second single from Doggy Dog. Machine Gun, the one with the 45 of that pool hall and commercial on Broadway, had come out, had not done well. This was a chance to really kind of uh, establish them. It's a, it's kind of an operatic tune, sort of a Queen influence and stuff in there. Highly produced, and they did a very um, uh, quite quite a high budget video that MTV looked at. Uh, they just weren't going to play it. There was no market for that anymore. So. I, I, it might be on YouTube. I wouldn't doubt it. A lot of this stuff is now. Um, but uh, it basically sat in a can, and, and they, the single sips. And I think that was the last single from, from Doggy Dog. I don't know if they tried to put something else out for maybe one of the ballads. Because he was a great ballad writer. And then we're going to end the show with a song from Ultraphobic. The song Ultraphobic. Actually, the song Stronger Now from Ultraphobic from 95, which was on CMC. That's a great song. A very Beatle-influenced one. Do you remember that one, Mark? Yeah, that was the last one. I was, I think, about his breakup with Bobby Brown. I think that's, it's, a, it's a slow kind of acoustic ballad, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember you used to always, you used to always sing that one. You were really taken with that. I did. It was the CMC release, and CMC was known as the rest home of rock and roll, where all these bands went, right? It's true. What happened to CMC? What happened to these labels? What? There's a couple of them like that. A couple that would pick up. CMC, I think, was the prime one. I loved it. It's like they kept on mailing me all this great stuff. Like, I got Pat Benatar CDs. It was great. Like, the new Pat Benatar. I loved it. I know. But there's one good CMC story. Is they, they, they signed Yes, the 70s prog group Yes, and they were having a celebratory meal. And I guess basically the band members were trying to see who could order the most expensive bottle of wine. And I guess the the dinner bill came to like like double the budget that they had for for yes for the entire album. They were so 
distraught with that experience. So, and, and shortly after that, I think CMC went under. So it's it's due to yes uh, and their and, and their and their habits. So, Metal Queen, where can people contact you? You've some ramblings online, don't you, Metal Queen? Yeah, yeah. I've got um, a Twitter account. It's Metal Queen Mum M U M, and uh, my uh, my blog site is posted there. It's somewhat controversial for for me, but. It's uh, it's who I am and what I do, so I'm hoping to get some stuff out in print um, sometime, I don't know, this year, next year. Always a work in progress with three small children to look after, so. From your trolling on the internet and stuff like that, what metal is out there now? What do you think about the metal scene now, Jill Metal Queen Grattan? It's not, it's not really the same thing. The best metal, I've got to say, that I've heard lately is... Uh, my son, who's seven, he watches um, these Bionicle movies. You know, Bionicle, which is a thing from Lego. And there's this band with a chick singer called Cryoshell. And they are so, so good. I just love them. And they, they do all this theme music and videos for the Bionicle set. And anyway, that's about the best new metal that I've heard. And Mark DeKlein's Kleiner, we were hopefully going to do another interview with a monkey. As we mentioned a little back there, in 1991, you set me up an interview with Mickey Dolenz. Ten years later, you set me up an interview with Peter Tork. And in 2011 here, we were going to do an interview with... Davy Jones. And what happened? Well, it's not entirely clear yet, but the, the monkeys, the Davy, Mickey, and Peter... Um, not Mike Nesmith, but the three of them were booked to play in Port Coquitlam on September 23rd at the Red Robinson Theater. And a couple of weeks ago, the wheels came off the tour, and uh, they're citing internal business differences. So I got some, some my own theories of what happened, but, but they haven't come out to say any more than that. Uh, there was a rumor floating around that Dolan's was in rehab. Um, he's denied that profusely, and... Uh, you know, and this so. is really sad because every 10 years we do a monkeys interview. You've always loved the monkeys, but for me it's like every 10 years I do a monkeys interview. And this time with Davy Jones, you were saying there's all this stuff we could ask Davy Jones about Davy Jones meeting Sid Vicious? Davy Jones at CBGB's? David Jones? Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be in, in the book I'm writing on the monkeys in the 1970s. So um, it's, it's prime. Prime stuff. It's it's amazing. But uh, but I, I had tickets to fly out and to reconnect with you and do our you know um, every decade monkey interview, which which means uh, we're still going to try and get Davy for 2011, and that that'll leave Mike for 2021. So does Mike do any interviews at all? Well, not a lot. But isn't today the 19th? It is. Okay, so tonight Mike is guesting in in L.A. at some club. So he started to do shows from time to time, and he was backstage at the Buffalo Springfield reunion. Um, he's 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 get, getting out again. So, what um, about Davy Jones meeting Sid Vicious? Just quickly winding up here, Mark Kleiner. Davy Jones meeting Sid Vicious. All I know is it happened, and it presumably happened sometime in in uh, probably seventy seven in New York City. I'm guessing, but I just know that it took place. And what about Davy Jones throwing a midget? That happened at uh, the Eastwood Mall in Niles, Ohio, September 1979. Davy was on stage with his band Toast, and as a radio station promotion, there was a, a little person from the radio station doing kind of a, a routine with Davy, where they were they were both like they, they had like like little fake guns, and they were doing like a western shoot 'em up thing. And uh, I think it was going into "Short People" by Randy Newman. Davy used to cover that song. And just on a whim, Davey picked up this guy, 
and threw him into the audience, where he was fortunately caught by several fans, one of whom I've um, interviewed for my book, and who was, uh, who, who was actually on the entire post-Ohio tour of 1979, and kept meticulous records. So she's uh, just been a godsend for this book. And anyway, she was there, got pictures. I don't. There's no in-flight photos, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a shocker. So this was the Davy Jones alimony tour. That's what he called it. Yeah, he'd uh, he'd been divorced, and he was sending most of his earnings back to his wife in California, who I've also interviewed for the book. So what's the uh, name of the book, and where can people get more information about it? The book is, um, I'll be releasing the title when it's a little further along, but I'm still writing it. And it's, it's, it's basically the story of Davy Jones and Mickey Dolenz in the 1970s, and also their songwriters, Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart. They came together for 14 months in the mid-70s and did a reunion and an album for Capitol Records that sold 18,000 copies. And um, I'm writing about that, but I'm also writing about the years on the either, so- either side of that. So basically the monkeys in the 70s is the shortest description of this book. And how can people get a hold of you, Mark Kleins Kleiner? Um, well, they can they can e- my email is y2kleiner at gmail dot com. That's y two kleiner k l e i n e r at gmail dot com. Like y two k with the rest of my last name. Well, thanks so much, Mark Kleins Kleiner and Jill Gratton, for phoning in to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show to help celebrate the life of Janie Lane, February first, nineteen sixty four to August eleventh. 2011, and to end here, going to play an interview that Mark and I did with Janie Lane from April 11th, 1997. Now, Jill, Janie is gone. Nobody will ever replace Janie. What are you going to say about all this sort of stuff when you sit back and you think about, like, Janie Lane gone? This is really awful. No, I know. It's it's never going to be the same when I listen to Cherry Pie. I mean, it's just... He was he was a great songwriter. I gotta say, I saw Red was an amazing tune. Um, I just had that on earlier, and I was just remembering how much I love that song. It's gonna be hard, like to think about Cherry Pie without Janie Lane. It's it's kind of sucky. And Mark Kleins Kleiner, what about you? Um, I would just to, to build on what Jill was saying. My I think Blind Faith oh, is the great song. L- yeah, great lost. Um, Warren, not really lost, but it's the last single released off of I Saw Red, and I'm sorry, off of Cherry, the Cherry Pie album. Just an amazing power ballad, as is I Saw Red. That was a, that was a big hit. Um, totally gonna, uh, I'll, I'll miss him and his, his well, uh, just, just the man he was and his artistry. And, um, yeah, it's, but it's, it's also, it's, I think it's a tribute to him that, uh, just even talking about him and the experiences we had and the music that he made, just, just, I know it brings joy to my heart, so. Rock in peace, Janie. Well, thanks so much, Mark. Thanks very much, Jill, the Metal Queen Grand. Coming up here, an interview for you, Janie Lane, February 1st, 1964 to August 11th, 2011, and a little bit of Bitter Pill from 1992, Mark, to intro this interview. Just a tiny little bit of Bitter Pill, your favorite grunge-era tune, right? Yeah, you're spoiling me, Nardwar. Thank you. Well, thanks so much. Anything else you guys would like to add to the people out there at all? Keep listening to Warrant. <laughs> keep and keep listening to Narwar. Well, thanks so much. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do
Hello, check, check. How embarrassing. Check, okay, check. there I am. Checking mark number one. Hello, are, hello, are you there? Yes. Who are you? First off, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. What an interesting question. Um, God, uh, well, obviously Jamie Lane, which to some people means something and to other people means run away. You're Jamie Lane of Warrant. Yes. And who else is in Warrant these days, Jamie? Uh, that's another good question. No, actually, uh, uh, it's still the three original members, myself, Jerry, and Eric, and uh, our guitarist, Joey, and, and Steven, the drummer from the first two records, uh, left in 92, or were asked to leave, however you want to look at it. And, uh, and we have, uh, we've had the same members pretty much since, since then, uh, Bobby Borg on drums and, and Rick Steyer on guitar. And also in the studio here today, we have Mark Kleiner from the band The Sister Lovers. Mark is also joining us here. Mark, say hello to Janie. Hey, Janie. Hey, Mark. Hey, hey. I don't know if you remember us, but we talked to you before a long time ago. Do you remember that, Janie? Um, probably, no, I, I don't, to be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> I may have, it may have had something to do with some kind of alcohol fog. <laughs> Or something like that. Well, actually, let's just make your voice even a bit more louder there, Sean, if we can make Janie's voice a bit more louder. Are you there still, Janie? Yes, no, I am. No, go ahead, Mark. You had a question. Um, yeah, I was, we were speaking to members of the band, and I was wondering about uh, David White. Has he gone the way of Casey Smith? Uh, David White, actually, yeah, I, I think he's a brilliant keyboardist, but uh, just decided that he didn't want to tour anymore. Right. So he uh, he's in Baltimore at home, I, I believe, working for his father. Hmm. And um, Stephen Sweet apparently has a coffee house routine with his brother. Uh, yes. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. And there's that song, Coffee House, on the brand new record, isn't there? Yeah, I guess that's a popular thing now. Those are interesting lyrics you have there. We were really enjoying them. Actually, we've been playing a whole plethora of rock and roll hits by Warren. It's been a nonstop hour Mark, here. what have we gone through? We've had Coffee House, Letter to a Friend, the new single Feels Good. Um, we just listened to Bitter Pill, and before that we had a bit of Down Boys, Hollywood, So Far So Good, and of course Heaven. And we're speaking here to Janie Lane of the Rock and Roll Band Warrant, and you're playing tomorrow night at Studebaker's in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada, Janie. Yes. And if you'd like to speak to Janie Lane, it's 822-2487, UBCCITR. If you have any questions, would you like? To, would you take some callers there, Janie? Certainly. It's 822-2487, UBCCITR, to go ahead to Janie Lane of Warrant. Um, well, first Calling off, from Idaho, right? Yes, actually, uh... This is my, uh, my first time in Idaho. Boise, or, uh... No, I, that's what I thought. But uh, we're, we're actually in a town called Lewiston, you which uh, I'm unfamiliar with. I guess we're about six hours from Boise, and I think we've played Boise before, but uh, we've never played Lewiston. But it seems to be a very nice town. I, I haven't seen much besides the hotel room so far. Janie, on your brand new bio, it says, it's, it's quite an interesting bio. Have you seen a new BMG Music bio of Warrant? Yes. It says, sometime in 1992, Warrant vocalist frontman Janie Lane walked into the Columbia Record Office in Los Angeles as he had many times over the years that the band had been on the Columbia's multi-platinum act roster. Out of habit, his eyes went to the space in the wall by one of the secretary's desks, where for years a large framed poster of Warrant had hung. In his place was a large framed poster of Alice in Chains. That was the moment I saw the proverbial writing on the... Wow. That's very sad, isn't it, Jeannie? That's kind of a weird way to begin a bio, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's very true. Uh, it it was uh, it was a strange time for the band. I mean, uh, rock definitely took a, a a very heavy right turn when uh, when alternative came in and the Seattle thing started to happen. And and uh, 
I was uh, I was expected by a lot of people to bash that because it was actually you know sort of uh, I guess you would say stealing the limelight from from the '80s bands, but actually I I liked it. And you came hard back with Ultraphobic and Belly to Belly. Yeah, well I I liked it, and uh, I for one thing I I really appreciated the fact that people were were starting to write what I consider really intelligent lyrics because. I, you know, I, I like lyrics. I'm a, I'm a big fan of lyrics. I don't think I personally write the best lyrics in the world, but, you know, I'm, I'm a huge John Lennon fan, and, and uh, anybody who writes good lyrics, I like. Wasn't it uh, Allison Chains who uh, took over for you guys when you were, um, had that altercation on the Poison uh, Flesh and Blood uh, Cherry Pie tour? You know what? I, don't rem- I know Allison Chains uh, opened for us a few times, but I, I don't remember if they took over on the Poison tour. Um, I'm not sure who took over on that one. This is kind of sad, though, Jeannie. Just, you know, the bio, and that you were dropped after selling six million records. Like, your first two records had sold six million. Your other one had had gone gold or platinum, and you were dropped. That's quite mean of the record label to do that, isn't it? Like, you had sold all those records, and then, what, your Dog Eat Dog only sold 500, only sold 500,000? Yeah. So that's a flop. Uh, well, and then they, they, they chucked you out of there, and a friend of mine, actually, well, not a, well, not a friend of mine, a guy from the rock and roll, you know that band Hole? You ever heard of the band Hole at all, yes, Jimmy Lane Warren? Well, I was actually talking to the guy, Eric, from the band Hole, and he said he got a hold of some of your master tapes from the Recycler in L.A. They were advertising some master tapes for sale, and it turned out there were warrant master tapes. Well, that's nice. Like, Columbia must have dumped them. And do you know, like, do you have control of them? I'm surprised they didn't record over them. No, it's like, really, like, (laughs) they sold somebody, I guess somebody took your master tapes. Do you have control of those master tapes at all? No, no, that's that's Columbia's property. So what do people do when they want to go back and remix the stuff, say, five years down the the road? Uh, They just don't have the tapes. I guess they'll have to put another ad out in the recycler and try and get them back. And on Ultraphobic, I heard that CMC released advanced copies to radio, and they didn't give your band name, because there was kind of a warrant stigma, isn't there? There's a there's a huge stigma and that surrounds the band, and it's it's been a it's a very difficult thing to deal with. But uh, like they I were, mean, you can sit around and complain about it, or you can continue to play. And, and well, that's what you're doing tomorrow night. Tomorrow night at Studebaker's Warrant are going to be playing. Are there going to be any backup acts? Do you know? Are you touring with anybody? Um, basically, the the promoter, whoever's doing the show, will put on whatever band he feels is proper to put on. So we we went out. Uh, we toured with LA Guns for a while. They opened for us for a while. But uh, on this tour, we're just basically doing clubs and, and going out and playing. Isn't that... Strip down and just do the do two hours, try to fit five records into two hours. The LA Guns now, right? Yes. Playing? Yes. So stations started playing Ultraphobic because CMC released advanced copies to radio without saying the name Warrant, and then CMC's told the stations it was Warrant, and then they pulled it. Is that a true story, Janie Lane, of Warrant? Yes, absolutely. That's really weird how that happened. That also well, happened- it, it seems like everybody wants... To uh, I don't know. Uh, everybody's everybody's more worried about the stigma than we are. You're not the only band to come across that. Mark, you mentioned the Bay City Rollers had that too. In uh, the early '80s, when uh, Duncan Fair became their singer, and they were known as the Rollers. Actually, their label, which um, correct me if I'm wrong, it, it might have been Attic here in Canada. I don't know what the U.S. subsidiary was, but they put out the uh, Rollers Ricochet album just without uh, with a blank label, and of course, a similar type thing happened. Big FM uh, response until people found out. See, now, isn't it a small world? Because I had a I had a lawsuit altercation with the Bay City Rollers. No way. Let's hear yes, that story, Jane. I did. Uh, over the song Heaven. What? They, what? they felt that it was very similar to one of their songs. Which and, one? Saturday uh, Night? I, I really don't remember the name of the song. But the the point was is that uh, 
they felt that sometime when I was about 11 or 12, I could have possibly heard it on the radio, and it stuck in my head until I was 25. Was oh, it dedication? Well, we have some fans right now on the line that are proof to you and tell you that Warren is still number one. Callers, are you there? I'm right here, guys. You have a question for Janie Lane of Warrant. Uh, this is Donald from Flash Bastard. Go ahead. All right. Hey, hey Janie. What's happening, man? Uh, this is a great honor to finally speak one-on-one -on -one with the man who's responsible for me losing my virginity. <laughs> I'm serious. You are the man, okay? Now, you want to hear a warrant memory, I'll give you a warrant memory. Okay. I'm going to take you back to, what was it, 89? Yeah, probably. 89. I don't know if you remember. You guys played here at the uh, the Coliseum. Yeah, I believe and it was just Kingdom Come. Someone shot a bottle rocket at Stephen Sweet. That, uh, that I don't remember, but... You don't remember that? I, I don't remember anybody shooting a bottle rocket. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, you shot a bottle rocket at him. You jumped out into the crowd and started beating on the guy. Remember that? <laughs> you were the guy? Yeah, on your way down. The guy was about three or four heads behind me. On your way down, you kicked me in the face. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it was great. Because I, <laughs> I was with, I was like about 13 years old, and I was with this girl who worshipped the ground you shat on. I'm serious. She okay. Was And Donal. Wasn't that the show we did with Kingdom Come? It was Danger Danger, right? It wasn't Danger, Yeah, you're right. Danger Danger right. opened the show, yeah. Yes. God, they were terrible. But you guys only caught the last song, Bang Bang, right? Because that's what you told me. Is that what happened? I don't, I don't remember. I, just I remember think that's what Danny. Danny told me, yeah. See, there's people out there, Jeannie, the real Warrant fans, they're still picking up the releases, they're still going to the gigs, but your lead-off track on the brand-new Ultraphobic, sorry, the brand-new Belly to Belly release, it says, like, in the end, we want it all, in the end, we take it all, in the end, apart it falls, in the end, there's nothing. That's kind of bleak beginning, isn't it? Yeah, I, I guess it is. I'm, I would definitely say that the lyrics have been colored with, or tainted, I should say, with, you know, some, some rough experiences over the last few years, but I, I think, you know, that builds character. But the fans are there. They like you to kick them in the face, so hope you'll be <laughs> kicking some faces at Studebaker's. Yeah, you heard about no, it's great. Did you hear about tribute band? Uh, I don't know. Terry Pye. There is? Terry Pye. Uh, Mark actually here. Mark is actually Mark. My co-host is in. A, it's not. It's not an authorized tribute. It's not an authorized warrant tribute band. It was a one-off thing, right, Mark? Yes. Ironically, they did no warrant songs. No, we did. We did. We did uh, heaven. And we're speaking here to Janie Lane of Warrant. Thank you for phoning in, caller. Uh oh, no problem. Do 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 loot do. And this is Janie Lane of Warrant here, live on the Nardwood Human Spirit Radio Show, 822-247, UBC, CITR. Phone in. It's Janie, this is really Janie Lane of Warrant. Now, Janie, why didn't you give up and go home? Like, a lot of people probably wanted you to give up and go home. What kept you going? Because, you know, you had you know all these people throwing all this stuff. You know, you'd been booed by Metallica fans. MTV called the Dog Eat Dog Tour the flop of the year. But now you're back. I mean, you're playing to half as many people, but you still got the tood. You still got the tood. How did you keep that tood, Janie Lane of Warrant? <laughs> You're cracking me up. Uh, it's, I mean, first of all, it, it is really flattering to still be able to go out and play, whether it's, you know, obviously it's not for 8,000 now, maybe 800, but the point is, is that, that people still come out. And it's very flattering, and, and I got into music. I mean, I started playing when I was six years old. I started playing out in clubs when I was 11. It's all I've ever done with my entire life. I didn't get into it to, to get rich. I think people who get into it for the money aspect... Or the, or the girl aspect or whatever, you know, that's that's very misleading because there there are a lot of 
tough times along the way. Well, Believe me, you... there were many, many tough times way before Warren ever, ever did hit. A lot of your friends did give up, like Danger Danger. Where are they? I have no idea. But actually, they're still doing okay. And we have a caller here right now. Caller, are you there? Uh, yeah, this is Tracy Starr from Cherry Pie. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hi, I was just, I was just driving, you know, in, in my car, and I, I heard this, and, and it's really, you know, it's, it's cool, you know. Like, I, I just totally, you know, this brings back a lot for me, and you know? I just wanted to thank Jay Lane for, you know, you know, with the album Cherry Pie, and giving us the name for, like, you know, that, that whole vibe there for Cherry Pie. Like, thanks a lot, man. We have the whole Warrant tribute band phoning in to the Nardwater Human Serviette radio show here today to speak to Jeannie Lane of Warrant. <laughs> Anything specific for Jeannie Lane of Warrant there, Pete Bastard? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd really like, you know, uh, hey, you're playing tomorrow night at Studebaker's. He has on the guest list? <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. Okay. Sure. I'll put the whole band on. Oh, yeah! But only if you guys... Only if you guys... Jerry Pie! Wicked. Oh, thanks a lot. Only if you guys sit in on the encore. Oh, yeah. What? No way. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Oh, yeah! It's rock! Janie Lane, you have made you have made the day for some Vancouver rockers in the band Cherry Pie. They are very excited here. Now, if they don't show up, I'm going to be pissed off. Dude, we're there. Okay. okay. Totally, yeah, I want you to kick me in the head, man. Seriously, I want you to drive home the message of metal to me. Like, you did the door. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious, man. You guys want to get on stage and do a song? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's an, it's an open invitation. Actually, caller, we're going to take... Uh, Pete, we'll just take your name... Well, Pete, Pete, we'll take your name, Pete. We'll take your name <laughs> off the air, and then don't, before, when we end the interview, Janie, don't hang up, and we'll give you the name for the guest list. Okay. That's what we'll do there. So thanks for phoning in, Pete. We're going to take your name off the air. Okay, okay. It's So you really are invincible. I'm invincible. I'm Janie Lane of Warrant. I'm invincible. That's a great tune on a new album. I'm invincible. Thank that's you. A, that's really good positive there. So what do you think about the Tude coming back, being on BMG? You know, you're now back on the majors where you belong. It's It, it feels great. And, I mean, uh, major or independent, it doesn't matter. I mean, as long as you get to keep making records, as long as you get to keep playing. I mean, it doesn't, when we go to Japan or when we go to Europe, it's obviously bigger than it is in the States now, but it doesn't matter. It's it's just flattering that somebody out there wants to hear what you're doing. And I've always, I've always thought that Warrant was absolutely hands down one of the best live bands that, I mean, that, that was our forte. You know, I mean, there were many, 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 many other bands who were much better in the studio, but I, I always thought live was our forte, so I, I look forward to every time we get to play. I don't care how small the place is, as long as it has electricity. You're electricity talking about the... in a bar, that's the only requirement. Will BMG treat you right, do you think? Like, do you think they're going to... They, they're not laughing at you, are they? Because it seems in the brand new release, it says Warrant 96 Volume 1. What the hell is that, Genie? I don't know. Warrant... I don't know where the Volume 1 came from. Warrant 96 Volume 1. I think it was their way of saying we're starting over. And it says they offer the listeners the best of all worlds, alternative, hard rock, and dance. As your bio says, you offer the listener the best of all worlds, alternative, hard rock, and dance. dance. I don't know where the dance is. <laughs> we're trying to figure that Do out. We, have, you seen your, have you seen your bio at all, Warrant? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think I have. I really don't get all that involved in that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, maybe that's maybe that's not a good thing on my part. Maybe I should be more hands-on. But I kind of feel like, you know, just do your thing and just 
put me on a tour bus and tell me where I'm playing tomorrow. Okay, right. one more one more little point here. We have time for a few more calls. 822-247-UBCCHR. If you have any questions for Janie Lane of Warrant. This is Jane, This is real, you really are Janie Lane of Warrant, aren't you? Hon honest to God. You really are Janie Lane Which of Warrant. Which an interesting fact is, is that's not my real name, although I did change it legally. But can we just keep it? My keep real name is No, 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 don't, no. don't, please, Janie, don't shatter it. Don't break it for us, please. 822-247-UBCCHR. If you want to speak to Janie Lane of Warrant, playing tomorrow night at Studebaker's. Now, Mark, you had a question here. Go ahead, Mark, to Janie Lane. Uh, okay, no. well, Ma um, well, well, Mark is remembering that. Not many people. Do you guys really want to know what my real name is? No, 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 we don't. Okay, sure. I mean, not legally. Legally, my name is Janie Lane, but the name I was born with. I think. Well, first. John, John Oswald. Kennedy Oswald. Wow. Well, that's really weird. That's it is. Bizarre. I mean, I mean, no, I mean, just like you know, John, I mean, I don't even. Oh my God! But you're not living in Dallas or anything, are you? No. And you don't. You <laughs> no, know, and I wasn't. I'm not from. Yeah, I mean, you know, not related to Lee Harvey in any way, or John Kennedy. Or Joe Pesci. You didn't hang out with Joe. If I was related to John Kennedy, I wouldn't have to work. And we're speaking here to Janie Lane of the rock and roll band Warrant. Now, Warrant, you, you, you guys actually have a song on your new release, All For You. Everything I'll ever do, I do it for you. Yes. That's Not many people are aping Brian Adams these days, but you're pretty brave to be able to kind of do a Brian Adams illusion there. Not many bands are doing that, are they? Well, I... I, <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd love to... I, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, uh, Brian Adams. I think he's one. I think he's great. I've I've always been a fan I mean, of Brian it's Adams. It's great you're able to. But it, yeah, I guess it's a little sappy. It's a little drippy. But I, I've always been a fan. No, but the you write great ballads. You're listening to stronger now. Stronger now. Are you still we, do that we've in the show? Played, we've played. I figure if John Lennon can write a love song, so can I. Well, I mean, not is, that I could write one as good as him, but you you're know. not. You're not afraid to do the ballads. Like people like Baz. Sebastian Bach is now in a band with Kelly Deal of the Breeders. Like, what's going? Have you heard about that band he's got going with the girl from the Breeders? No. He's got, he's doing that, and like, like you're just keep on going there, like you keep on doing. But things are really going bad for some metal. Well, not, I don't know if you're metal, but hard rock bands. Like enough's enough. We're kicked off the Cheap Trick tribute album. And we heard that you had been uh, kicked off the Rod Stewart tribute album. Is that true? No, actually, they really, really liked the track, and it may very well be the single. What wow, you, awesome. What do you think about Enough's Enough? Were you ever into Enough's Enough? You know, I, I, uh, I, I know the guys, and. Uh, you know, I, I always thought they were really good. They're very Beatle influenced, and I'm a Beatles fan, so that was cool. But uh, the only real experience I've had with the guys was in New York at the China Club, and and uh, we were actually going to sit in at the China Club. And uh, after about ten minutes of not being able to get the guitars in tune, I just walked out. <laughs> what do you think about that, though, Janie Lane? Like in regards to like metal bands pairing up with other metal bands in the 80s and now metal bands dissing them. Like, enough's enough for keeping the spirit of Cheap Trick alive all through the 80s. Now Cheap Trick now are having that, you know, second renaissance and they dumped them from their tribute album. Like, I'm very surprised at that. Like, and we had Tom Peterson... Last week on the show, Janie, we had Tom Peterson on and uh, he, yeah, he dissed... I know Tom. Dissed enough's enough, said, uh, well, Jeffrey Dahmer likes us and I'm not responsible for that either. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of mean. Yeah. Yeah, like enough's enough. You'd think that... called for. And he said he also hated Hamer Bases, which was really weird. Are you guys still the horniest band in rock and roll, Janie Lane of Warrant? Is it still the horniest band? Because you recently got married. That's going to probably... Put remarried. Oh, okay, okay, sorry, remarried. <laughs> you got remarried to Roanne. Yes. No well, relation to the Moon Martin song. That's no, true. No, no, Are you still the horniest band in rock and roll? Jeez. Uh... I, I've always been a huge fan of the female anatomy. Um, I guess. I guess you're not selling those T-shirts anymore. Muff Divers Union Local 101. Uh, nope. I wear one occasionally. 
Um, would you ever write a song about masturbation? Have you ever been driven to write a song about masturbation at all, Jeannie Lane? Of I've used band? it in my lyrics. So there is, there is the word actually mentioned there. Yes, I masturbate. And just to let you know, you know, just food for thought. This is Janie Lane of Warrant. This gives guys hope out there. Guys, Janie Lane of Warrant masturbates. There's hope for you too, although you only get 10,000 spurts and then you'll run out. And we're speaking here to Janie Lane of Warrant. The number is 822-247-UBC-CITR. This is Warrant, former Columbia recording artist. Come on and phone up. Voice your support for Janie Lane of Warrant. 822-247-UBC-CITR. Forging boldly ahead with a brand new release. Belly to, to belly. belly, Volume 1, Warrant 96, 96. playing Studa Bakers. Bakers tomorrow night, that's Saturday night, 822-2487 if you want to speak to Janie Lane of Warrant. Janie, what about the tour, the Pie Wagon tour of 1990? What do you remember about that? Not much. <laughs> no, I, I remember a lot. It was great. It was fantastic. Wasn't there some, like, groupy filing system that you guys used? No, that was poison. There's no, like, you didn't have a computer. What, what did they do there? What was the deal on that? That was poison. They had, they had it all in computer. So, you know, they could dial up the names whenever they got to the town. Who do you, who do you think is the most bitter ex-member of Warrant? Like, because on your new record, there's kind of a little dig there, isn't there? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily bitter. I mean, considering, you know, the stigma that we went through, I mean, now it's, now that it's 97, it's gotten slightly... It's 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 less fashionable to hate '80s bands, so you know it's it's not quite as cool. So I I would imagine for a couple of years there, they were probably glad they weren't in the band. Have you ever met Ron Jeremy before at all, Janie Lane of Warrant? Yes, I have. What did you meet him? What where did you meet him? And was he? I just talked to him two nights ago. He came to one of your gigs? No, no, he was at uh, the Rainbow in Los Angeles. He loves rock and roll, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Janie, I was at the Rainbow. I was in L.A. for the first time ever, full moon Oscar night. I'd never been there before. And I went into the Rainbow Room because that was our, our one destination. And I said um, to the waitress, who was the girlfriend of the drummer from Lizzie Borden, I said, uh -huh. I said what does Janie drink when he, come, when he comes you here? You did not. And she said Long Island iced tea. And it was the strongest drink. I saw there's no mix in that drink. That's absolutely not true. They know what my drink is there. Well, she was uh, maybe new. I'm maybe. a tangerine tonic guy. Oh, man. And, of course, Mark, you drank the Long Island iced tea. <laughs> and Cherry Pie are going to be getting their faces kicked in and drinking Long Island iced tea tomorrow night when Janie Lane and Warrant, the whole Warrant 96 Volume 1 Belly to Belly crew, hit Studebaker's Cabaret in Burnaby, British Columbia. And we have time for one more call. It's 822-2487-UBCCHR if you have any questions for Janie Lane of Warrant. Now, back to Ron Jeremy there. I heard it, the Poison song, Janie Lane, on Skinny Bop, was about Ron Jeremy. Is that true? I have no idea. It could be. It could be. I know he, uh, I know he knows Cece, and, and I believe Cece had something to do with the writing of the song, so it could be. Is, is, is Kathy, a little off uh, topic here, is Kathy Hutchinson still the biggest Warrant fan? You know what? I, I think that's a possibility. How that is a possibility. Why, what did she do to get on the dog-eat-dog? -dog? There's a little credit to her specially. Oh, she, I mean, everything as far as uh, fan club and merchandising and all that kind of stuff. So um, she's the president she of the She did out of the goodness of her heart. She's, she's a very nice person. What happened to those embroidered cherry pie jackets that used to be available in Metal Edge for $95? Uh, I don't know. It, there's a couple up in Hard Rock cafes in a couple places. I think one's in Hawaii and one's in Vegas, but aside from that, I don't know. 
What about the direction of Metal Edge, Metal Edge here, Jeannie Lane of Warren? We're speaking to Jeannie Lane of Warren, 822247 UBC CITR. Jeannie, what about the direction? Jerry Miller's been keeping it alive. You know, she's really been a, a really big Warrant fan over the years. But she's late, a very good friend of mine. Lately, there has been an awful lot on Marilyn Manson, like even more. There's been eccentric spread. And corn. And like, you're not getting as many of those glossy things. Is she really feeling a lot of pressure there to really... I'm sure change? she is. I mean, it's it's a business like anything else. She has to sell magazines, and that's what is, is hip at the moment. So, you know, I mean... Personally, I don't have a problem with that. I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative of the fact that she, she covers the band and, and stays up on what we do. Speaking but, of hip- uh, But, you know, Marilyn Manson is, uh, is oh, don't I guess, say it, the don't 90s. Say it, don't 90s, say it. Don't the, say it, Jeannie. Don't say it. The 90s glam coming back in, whatever. I mean, they're obviously glam, but, but they... They don't want to admit it, but you're proud to say you're Jeannie Lane of Moore, and you guys still are glam. You, you will say you, that you are glam, right? We were a glam band all through the 80s and early 90s. Actually, we're a 90s band because we only released one record in the 80s and four in the 90s, but uh, I, I don't know if we're glam now uh, do you, do you because I don't know what glam is now. Do you have any tattoos left over from the glam era? Oh, yeah, tons. What are some of the tattoos you have, Jeannie Lena Warren? Well, I never got... I don't know what you would consider glam tattoos, but I always... My tattoos deal with the fact that I was born in the Chinese year of the dragon, so... Ah. What's your, uh, what's your Western astrology? Uh, I'm an Aquarian. Born on the same day as Lewis Carroll. With a moon in... Do you know where your moon sign is? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, an aquari- a lead singer Aquarian. Yes. Um, Thank you so much for phoning in. We really appreciate it, Gene. Oh, you guys Warren. are more than welcome. Are we're, you going to be at the show? Oh, yes, we're coming down. Um, remember, stay on the line there, too, please, if you could, so you could take our names off the air. <laughs> okay. Um, that'll be really great. We're going to cut right now to Stronger <laughs> Now for the second time. We're going to play Thank Stronger Now. Thank you very much. Uh, are you going to do that on Studebaker's Stronger Now? Uh, if you guys want to hear it. Oh, we'd love to hear it. Woo! Please. Please, we'd really, really love to hear that. It's a station favorite uh, down here at CITR, we're, UBC. We're going to play it for the second time here, coming, and we're going to cut right into the CITR News Department. We're coming up with the CITR news here, live on CITR Radio. Thank you very much, Sir Janie, for phoning up to the Nardwood Human Set Radio Show. Keep, why should people care about Warrant in the 1990s? Why should they care about Warrant? Well, actually, you are Warrant 96. I yeah. guess that's why they should. But why should people care about Warrant? That's simple, papers? because we care about them. All right. Wow. Well, yeah. keep on rocking the free roll, Janie Lane of Warrant, and do-do-do-do-do. Do-do.
than my respect But I could never make you love me back I denied it so I grew bitter watching you grow calm My life became your prison to get stoned I decided like a bird that's trapped inside a gilded cage Tried to set it free, hurts to watch it fly Somehow 